Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the whole cast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintod, as always. And again, following another Villa loss. So, Robert, how's it going? It's going well. Welcome back, Jack. Yeah, thanks. Um, I know we had Adam on last week trying to get some of our other writers on, kind of feature them a bit. But, um, yeah, anyways, um, had the Liverpool <laughs> loss last week. I'm uh, going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, thanks for your comments. I know I posted something yesterday asking asking for your questions. We'll get to those, of course, and eventually preview the FA Cup match this weekend against Bournemouth, who are first in the championship. And we were just talking a little before the show. They can't really be that much worse than being last in the Premier League, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I think this weekend could be pretty challenging, and it, it depends on what you know what Paul Lambert puts out there. Um, but it could be a weekend that either just absolutely breaks this team or gives them a little bit of confidence heading into some more tough Premier League matches. Yeah, and, you know, if we can actually score some goals, it could be a confidence booster, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess let's get back to, to Liverpool. It was 2-0, but I thought the second half, Villa actually played, played well, and for a, a brief spell of the game, it really dominated. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And everyone keeps going back to the second half. I think we're sort of underselling the first half, too. Uh, in the first half, Villa, it looked like they were actually trying to get into the final third. They didn't look like they knew what the hell they were doing once they got there. But it looked like they were actually trying to move that ball into the final third, which was a huge improvement over two weeks ago against Leicester. Yeah, and, and Barini's goal, that was a pretty good goal. I don't think, I mean, Okoro could have been at fault. It looked like he was playing him offside, though. Yeah, there, there was a little bit of miscommunication in the back line there. Um, because Baker looked like he tried to play him offside. I, I wasn't really sure what happened there. It was, you know, they scored a decent goal. It's tough to be too mad at that. I don't know. I thought Guzan got beaten a little easily on it. But, I mean, what do you do when it's a one-on-one -on, -one on a break like that? Yeah, and, I mean... If you, it's, 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 it's bad with Villa right now. You know, when they concede the first, it's going to be tough for them to get the win. Yeah, absolutely. There, there really is sort of a deflating sense right now. Um, you know, the good news is, with the defense the way it is, you know you're never really going to give in to total collapse at this point. Um, yeah, most, most likely not. We haven't seen anything like the 8-0 to Chelsea a couple, a couple years ago. No, the worst they've done this season is give up three, which is not, you know the worst thing in the universe. If you do that five or six times a season, you're pretty normal. Yeah, that's how that's how we actually have a goal difference of just minus 14 despite having only scored 11. Yeah, exactly. So the, you know, the defense did its job. I thought Nathan Baker looked okay. Um, Akora didn't look his best. I'm I'm really thinking there's actually a lot to the Akora Clark pairing. I think uh, so. I think I think uh, really they have strengths that play off of each other. You know, Baker. Baker's a little better in the air than either of them, but both of them are adequate in the air. Of course, speed as well as his strength, really good. And I think I think Clark is a bit better tactically than people have given him credit for in the past. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I think Akora's brought out the best in Clark, and vice versa. So not having Clark there it watered it down a little bit. I don't think it was terrible though. I still think Nathan Baker. If he starts, it's not a disaster. Um, I still think we're in that position where we have five players who, if they get a start at center back, I'm not too panicked. No, it's exactly. It's not the end of the world with with anyone as long as they're healthy. You know, like if anyone's if anyone's not fully fit, we could be in some troubles, especially if you 
have to bring in either Lone to center back or Chris Hurd. But yeah. luckily we haven't we haven't really had to see that this year. Um, yeah. And hopefully if the injuries start clearing up, we'll never even have to worry about that because we do have five first-choice center backs. It's just yeah, yeah, it's easy to forget that. Is, is a central defender, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's easy to forget that given all the injuries we've had. But, you know, assuming those start clearing up a little bit and people are getting less time, there's fewer international breaks, uh, we've got a lot of depth there. So it's not a place we should be worried about. And I think the defense did a fine job. Um, Alan Hutton, again, looked really good going forward. Yeah, and unfortunately, Sissoko, I mean, Sissoko actually did complete a cross. It looked like it was heading for Rosie, and then it, it drifted over <laughs> down to the right wing and found someone. But, um, yeah, like you are saying, Hutton, Hutton's been pretty good in all aspects. I think there's, I mean, there's no reason to think that Lowton's actually going to even get another chance, especially with the problems he's had in the past with Lambert. It's unfortunate that Bakuna can't get really a spot. Yeah. Even if it's not right back, I think he could play somewhere in the midfield or even on the right wing. Yeah, absolutely. This this team is calling out for someone who can create a little bit like Bakuna can. Um, but I don't think it's going to be in right back. You're right, because he's the third choice at right back there. I think Loughton could see some time, maybe if we have a little bit of an FA Cup run. Um, you might see Loughton slot in there at right back. Um, but it's hard to pull Hutton right now because he's really solid in defense. He looks a little inept when he tries to do offense, but unlike you know most everyone else on the club, he's trying on offense, and so you can't really take him out right now. No, and and he has actually scored. So, um, but you know, <laughs> he's um, responsible for nine percent of Aston Villa's goals. That's that's incredible. That's I mean that's a pretty high high percentage, but. You just realize because that's because we've only scored eleven goals. But um, couple couple things about about the offense. I think uh, Carlos Hill, when he came in, he was really positive. Got a, a question on Twitter from Graz Mad asking if he had done enough to suggest he's the answer to our attacking problems. Um, I think I think he's at least part of the answer. Yeah, absolutely. It um. It worries me making judgments based on 30 minutes, um, obviously, because we've seen stuff like, I remember Brett Holman's first match, he looked fantastic, or uh, Tony Moon's first match, he looked fantastic. So 30 minutes worries me a little bit, but he looked absolutely incredible in those 30 minutes that we saw. Yeah, but I, th- I think, like Tony Moon, what, his first match, because we beat Arsenal 3-1, he scored the, the final goal on it, but... Um, Without scoring heel, I mean, he was showing that he was creative, getting into the box, playing, I don't know, playing those quick passes that you'd see a lot more in La Liga than you would in the Premier League, and it's obviously something Villa can use, playing yeah. good, good triangle balls with, I don't know, with the forwards, and I mean, he was definitely better than Gabby Bonlahor, who had 22 touches in 90 minutes, and yeah. he had like 31 in 30 minutes. He, uh, you know, he'll... The thing that makes me less worried about judging him based on 30 minutes is the fact that what he showed us is stuff that isn't just flash-in-the-pan type thing. He didn't score. You know, if he scores, we all rave about him and we think he's incredible. What he did was he showed great positioning. He showed great footwork. He showed great um, ideas of as to where to put the ball. That's stuff that you're not going to see disappear. That's the Yeah, that's a fundamental part of his game, exactly. Exactly. So I feel less worried about judging him. He'll probably have a worse day 
the next time out because it's hard to get much better than he was. But he's good. He's really good. Yeah, and for for the price that we paid, I think um, I mean that's that's what we were talking about. Those are the kind of players that Lambert needs to go in for, like maybe the four million range, not the not the one million range. If he sustains at the level that he played last weekend, um, that he's absolutely a, a steal for what Lambert paid. You know, he could have paid double, and it still would have been worth it if he plays like he did last weekend. Exactly, and I mean, I think, and we we got another question actually on it was from James Rushton, one of our writers. Um, you have five million pounds for your transfer targets. I think, I think if we had five million, we'd go in for Scott Sinclair. Yeah, I, I think that would be a decent idea at that point. You need someone else on the wings to do what Carlos Hill was doing. Um, and what we saw against Liverpool was the fact that he just entirely opened it up. It, exactly. It's, it's someone who either who either can stretch the play or create something inside. Yeah, he's got a deft touch. He, he can stop the ball in a dime. Um, and he's got enough wherewithal to hold things up for a moment, to let people get up. And that's what we've not been seeing from Gabby or Christian this year. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think uh, I wrote something about Gabby the other day, how he's just been terrible and really how he just gives the ball away. He always, I mean, he always looks to go 100 miles an hour forward right when he gets the ball. And when you're furthest forward, you don't always need to do that. I mean, of course, there are going to be through balls where you, you're wanting him to get behind because he's so quick, but... I mean, even if he even if he does, he hasn't been able to shoot. Yeah, um, I wonder if with Heel being able to make these really good passes, if Gabby maybe becomes a little more effective. Uh, I, yeah, I, th I think I mean part of it part of it's got to be the service. Yeah, I mean since his only real skill at this point is being able to get behind a defender on a through ball, if the through balls are a little better placed, maybe Gabby becomes useful. Then the question becomes, can he actually finish the shot? Yeah, but but better than a Guzan punt trying to get him through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, back to James's question: five million. I think Scott Sinclair would absolutely be a good idea at this point. You need someone else who can hold up play like Heel did against Liverpool on Saturday. Yeah, and, and someone else who's going to be able to create. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we're bouncing around a lot, but tell me more about Gabby because you you've totally lost faith in him and I find it hard to disagree. Yeah, I mean you just look at you just look at what he does when he goes out and it's just it's really just hurting the team. Um I mean I I think that what what we saw a couple maybe a month ago, he didn't track back on defense against Southampton and cost us the goal because he was supposed to be marking the player who scored. Mm -hmm. And Vyman hasn't been good this this season either, but at least when he at least as a sub, I think Vyman can come on and, and give something. He he runs around and, I don't know, generally makes a nuisance of himself. But, you know, Egbon Lahore is similar to Vyman, though. Egbon Lahore just kind of kind of drift, drifts out of the match, and you don't, you're like, what is he even on the pitch? Like, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. He's He's been... He's been an active liability this year. He's bad on on defense. He has been wasting his limited chances on offense with that terrible first touch of his. Um, you know, whereas Andy is just sort of bad this year. He's not a liability bad. He's just bad. 
And I, I guess, you know, if you have to pick between the two, take the guy that's not actively hurting you. Exactly, yeah. Like, um, I guess like what we were saying with Cleverly, if he's in, if he was going to be a net nu- uh, neutral, you know, and not either take anything away, but even if he's not giving you anything, that's going to be okay. But, I mean... Yeah. I, what about Cleverly? I'm, you know, I'm actually a little intrigued about him. We got we got a question about him from uh, Wabbit season actually, and he said he Tom Cleverly is not an attacking player. Agree, disagree, and he suggested that he'd be a very good center back or left back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's strong enough to be a center back, but I don't know. He could maybe he could play left wing back or something. I don't know. I don't know about putting him that deep because his tackling skills he hasn't really shown. He'd be a great tackler, and I don't know if he has the strength to be a defender, but he's definitely more of a defensive midfielder. And I know that we've been kind of leaning away from purchasing cleverly fully. Earlier in the season, we were higher on that, thinking it'd be a good good prospect. But lately, I mean, there's just no reason to think he hasn't, he hasn't really shown anything of why we should buy him. Yeah, he sure as heck isn't worth the seven million that we would have to pay for him right now. No, but I th- I think even if we could swap Vlar for him, that wouldn't be the worst deal. Yeah, I mean, because at this point you're not going to do anything with Vlar, but I don't think you can swap Vlar right now because he's injured. And the whole point of getting Vlar for United would be as injury cover. Yeah, which, that's kind of ironic, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I... God, Tom Cleverly is not an attacking player... Adam jokingly said last week that I was uh, sort of falling out of the Tom Cleverly fan club, and I'm starting to think he's right. I mean, I'm not sure if Tom Cleverly is a player who should be starting at this point. He looked miserable against Liverpool. He looked miserable against Leicester. He hasn't done anything lately. Uh, It's gone from he's not making mistakes to he's not doing anything, which is not what you want to be seeing out of him. No, yeah, he had a, he had a really a really poor game, and I mean, Heel wasn't going to make a full debut, but maybe now he can get a full ninety minutes, and if so, maybe that means Cleverly is the one who goes to the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because obviously Sanchez has been amazing lately, and Westwood's Westwood's not going to be out of there, and you're not kicking Delph out. Yeah, absolutely. It was a little strange to see Westwood as one of the first people off. Um, the other day. I mean, it ended up working. It wasn't terrible. Um, but I didn't think Westwood was having a terrible match against Liverpool. No, I, th- I think maybe just Westwood Westwood sits a little deeper and we needed to go for it. Yeah, I, I think that and really could have been still, it. Still coming back from injury recently. I'm not sure he can give you the full 90 yet. Yeah, no, but. that makes some sense. I hadn't thought about the previous injury thing. Um, I, I just don't know about Cleverly anymore. I'm not sold on him. He sure isn't worth... Uh, seven million. He, if we could get him for three million at this point, sure. But you're not going to, and so it's not worth it. Just wait till the summer and see if we can get him. Yeah, wait, wait till the summer and try to get him on a free. Yeah, and if you can't get him, there's loads of other players out there that play that provide exactly the same thing. Exactly. So, I mean, not worth any money at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam was right last week. The fan club is disbanded. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, at least from my end. I mean, I'm sure there's at least a few other people out there that are okay on Cleverly, but no, I'm I'm done. I'm not seeing it there. I was wrong, I admit. Yeah, I mean, at, at the beginning of the season, he showed that he looked like he was going to be a decent player, but 
yeah. unless you can unless you can rediscover some of that form. No reason, no reason to think that. But I guess one one more thing on the Liverpool match we'll get back to before we before we move on. Um, the protest that failed before the game <laughs> kind of fell flat on its face. Uh, I shouldn't chuckle with such malice, but boy, that made me happy. How, why did it make you so happy? Because I thought it was an ill-advised protest, um, and quite honestly, this this might get me in Twitter trouble again, but I'm willing to defend this. I thought it was a protest uh, devised by a bunch of people who wanted to bring glory to themselves and attention to themselves. Um, you know, it was a protest, and then everyone started saying, oh, no, this is a terrible idea. Oh, no, it's not a protest. It's a demonstration. Uh, at which point I got told that I didn't know what a protest was because I had never been to Villa Park. Um, so screw those guys, first off. Um, but secondly, it was just, it was poorly organized and it didn't really serve to do anything. Um, as James so eloquently pointed out last week, if you're standing in the concourse waiting to go into the hold-in, you've bought a ticket and therefore you've already given them your money. The only people you're hurting then are the players who wouldn't get to see you. And luckily the fans didn't take part in the protest, by and large. Yeah, yeah and even, even though... Uh, Lambert said not to protest, and you well, you're like, oh, I don't want to do what Lambert says because we want him out. I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's if you're gonna buy the ticket, you might as well go sit there for the full ninety. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and support the players because they really need the support. Yeah, I can see a protest at this point. I am not against the idea of a protest, but buying your ticket and sitting out for eight minutes doesn't do a damn thing. Yeah, if, if you're not gonna buy the ticket and you want to show up and sit outside the gates and protest there, I think that's that could be a good idea. I mean, I don't know. Just not buy the ticket. That that could be good, too. Um, yeah, exactly. In that, yeah, not buy the ticket, but still show up and say Lambert out, out from outside, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of things you could do. Um, it just... I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like the backpedaling afterwards, at which point the sites that had organized the protest said it was a success, despite the fact that it was obviously empirically an absolute failure. Uh, it was a success because it brought media attention to Aston Villa, which is not something anyone needed. Everyone knows we suck. Yeah, I, I mean, you're going to talk about protesting because we suck. Everyone already knows that. Yeah, exactly. It brought media attention. Is there anyone in the media who aren't aware of the fact that Villa are bad? No. Yeah, or, or aware of the fact that Lambert has become stagnant at this club. There's issues at this club. There's no need to bring attention to that. Everybody knows. So you brought attention to a thing that everyone already knew about. You had 20 people, 50 people, 100 people, I don't know, partaking in the protest. It was an abject failure, and I'm glad to have seen that. So, I mean, we we know we're not going to get Lambert out. Exactly, and 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 all the indications are saying that he he's further from being out than we even thought. I mean, they're looking at this director of football position now, um, and he's being consulted heavily in the proceedings. So it's clear that Tom Fox and Randy Lerner want Paul Lambert to be around with this director of football. And I, I don't know. I don't think that's the worst thing ever because, as we've seen with some of Lambert's transfers, they've been good and. You know, I don't know what you can, how much you can expect someone really to do when they don't have any money to spend on players. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been interesting, and I'll be intrigued to see what this director of football does. If the reports uh, in today's Birmingham Mail are to be believed, uh, the role is going to be less of a transfer czar and more of a Billy Bean statistician kind of person. 
So kind of, what, kind of narrowing it down, and then Lambert picks his transfers from... Yeah, exactly, and apparently doing statistical analysis and looking at uh, and looking at the physios and whatnot. So it looks like it's going to be more of a here. Let me take some of this off of your hands. You focus on actual football, and I'll do all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and I th I think that's good. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe given the chance to focus on the actual football, Lambert could be better. He hasn't had a full time assistant manager in about a year now. Um, so he's doing it all, which I'm sure is partially his fault. He could find an assistant, but I think it would be good to give him some help with this. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a good point. Um, I I just I there's no indication that Lambert is going anywhere. I think absolutely if something just goes to crap and we're mired in the relegation battle and there's literally no way we get out, maybe he gets fired then. But he's got a four-year contract. He's being consulted in the hiring of this new upper-level position. There's no indication he's going anywhere. So let's accept that and try to figure out what else can happen with this club. Really, though, I w even if we go down, I would doubt he gets the axe. Yeah, I, because, because, if we like go down, we're going to be hurting for money. Twice, you know? Yeah, and he, yeah, he's proven he's good at the championship, getting that promotion. Um. And if we go down, we'll be hurting for money. We, you know, we won't be able to afford terminating that contract at that point. No. Yeah, and, and I mean, if if we go down, like you're saying, there's no money. There's no money to fire a manager. So why would we spend? Why would we spend the money on that when we would definitely need? To, yeah. I mean, to to get people off the wage bill, you know. There are definitely times when I want Lambert out. Uh, most, you know, most of the more... time. Yeah, most of the time, in fact. Yeah, you're right. I, I would not mind seeing someone else in there. But you know what? Most of the time there's days when I don't want to wake up and go to work, and yet I have to. There's no point in complaining about which that, that which you cannot change. So I think we need to move on to something else other than just this whole Lambert out thing because it's clear he's not going out. Yeah, we're not we're not saying to go support Lambert and you know try to think he's the best manager or whatever, but I don't know. There's there's just not a, not a lot that's going to be done. Obviously, the the club have shown no no willingness to change that. I mean, Lerner obviously isn't a very vocal backer, but he doesn't really do anything. You know, do you, I mean, I think part of the reason Lambert got such a long extension was in case new ownership came in and then he'd get a proper buyout. Yeah, sort Which, of as a reward I for... I think that's kind of fair. Yeah, as a reward for, you know, having to put up with the crap. That's the other thing to bear in mind in all of this. Lambert is... He has a lot of problems. Again, I think He's we're... He's a stopgap, though. Yeah, and I think we're both in the Lambert kind of sucks camp at this point. But given the resources he's had to work with and what Randy Lerner has told him to do, he's done pretty much what he's been asked. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't gotten the club relegated. Yeah, exactly, and he's run it on a shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah I mean, if they're, if he would have um, played Grealish, I guess, maybe fans would be a bit more happy with him, but, I mean, like, um, Alex, Alex Carson, one of our writers, is going to have a piece on how Grealish should not, or how the loan's good for him, and not just because he'll be playing 90 minutes every week, because he needs to work on some aspects of his game, so I'm not sure if I'll have that out, well, maybe for Thursday, same same day that we post this, but 
just be watching for that on the site, as it looks like he's going to be moving to Wolves. Yeah, because last I saw, Wolves have said they won't be moving for Grealish. Has that re-upped in the past few hours? Oh, sorry. Well, maybe not then. Um, yeah, because yesterday it was something like the Wolves are out on him, but, you know, God only knows what these transfer rumors. Maybe they're in, maybe they're out. Do you think he ends up going on loan regardless of where he ends up? Yeah, I think he ends up going to the championship. Yeah, I think so. And at this point, if he's not going to get playing time, I think that's the best thing. Um, I might disagree with Alex a little bit. I think, you know, he could be being used in the Premier League right now, but it's not so much that I'm going to be offended. I would rather just see him playing somewhere than languishing on the bench or not even on the bench. Yeah, playing for the U21s who have just been terrible this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone, I want to say maybe it was UT Villa on Twitter, pointed out that maybe part of the problem is the fact that Villa have loaned out a lot of their older players. So the U21 squad is one of the youngest U21 squads in that little league. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's a stretch at all. You look at you look at the players who have been loaned out. Like if, if Callum Robinson and Grealish and who, uh, who else, Daniel Johnson... They were if they were in Gary Gardner, even if they were all in that every week, I mean obviously they'd be doing better than they've been doing now. But it's yeah. just the U21, so yeah, it, it wouldn't be harder for them to be better than they're doing because the U21, if it's possible, are worse than the senior side. Yeah, I think I think so. It's it's like in Football Manager when uh, your assistant manager says, "Would you like the the youth team to play similar to the senior squad, and you say that would be preferable. No, I don't think it'd be preferable in this situation. <laughs> don't go out and score zero goals and lose every time. <laughs> I'd, I'd like the youth team to play to play like a squad that actually knows what the hell they're doing. But thanks for the offer. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the offer, assistant manager. Go schedule the the friendlies. Yeah. Uh, so. One rumor that popped up this week that I just really quickly wanted to bunk, Paul Allen buying Aston Villa. Did yeah, you have some so, thoughts on that? Yeah, so part, uh, part owner of Seattle Sounders and also part owner of the Seahawks? or is he The, the full owner of the full Seahawks. full owner of the Seahawks. Yeah. So um, two American teams that are pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Sounders are, you know, one of the top four teams in the MLS, I think is pretty safe to say. And the Seahawks are in their second consecutive Super Bowl. Uh, they're good. But if you talk to people from Seattle, the ownership style that Allen represents with both clubs couldn't be more different. With the Seahawks, he's hands-on. He injects loads of cash, and then he lets the, the American football people do what they know how to do. And with the Sounders, uh, we got one person saying he may have been to one match. Yes, I mean, that's still more hands-on than Randy Lerner. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was think I was thinking maybe maybe if he if he bought the club and then he, he kind of gets the the shiny new toy feel. Maybe he'll, he'll show up to a couple matches. I mean, I don't really care if the owners at the matches as long as they put in money. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not sure if he would, but I'm also not sure it's even worth us really talking about because this looks to be. One of those rumors that's just total BS. It was yeah, like Mark Cuban, you know. It was like the seventh paragraph in a notes column in the Daily Mail. Um, it got a little steam when the Birmingham Mail picked it up, but if you actually followed their trail, um, they linked to a news aggregator who linked to a website that wrote about the story in the Daily Mail. 
Um, and that's not slamming on the Birmingham Mail at all, because, you know, that's all that was out there. That's what they could write on. Um, it's slamming on this rumor. There's nothing to this. There's no indication that there's anything going to happen here. Yeah, and I think it's maybe maybe more wishful thinking than anything, people just hoping that Villa will find a new owner and just the, everything that that would bring. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it would, it would be undeniably fantastic. Um, but it's not going to be Paul Allen. Uh, I, I mean, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong a month from now when Paul Allen buys this club. But uh, all indications right now, there's no chance it's going to be Paul Allen. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Excuse me, yeah. I was like yawning, but... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I guess... Yeah, I think everyone everyone just wants a new owner, and obviously, understandably so, but it's really, really, until we see a guy with a bunch of money show up at Villa Park, or someone sees his, his jet flying into BHX, I, I don't think... Really, that there's there's a lot to that rumor. Quick, get on flight tracker and track that tail number. Yeah. <laughs> God, I kind of miss that. Uh, remember the Halcyon days of when we were being sold, and we thought we might go to the owners of KFC franchises in India. Those oh yeah, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting couple days. Well, they have Pizza Hut also. Uh, Duncan, I think. Oh, Duncan, sorry. Yeah. yeah, and it turned out that story was an entire hoax to begin with. Yeah. Yep, yep, those were the days. So, I I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to see Villa sold anytime soon. I noticed today uh, in the Birmingham Mail, Stan Collymore was calling for Randy Lerner to drop the price below $100 million because it's for the good of the club, which is easy for Stan Collymore to say when he's not the guy losing out on £100 million. Yeah, just throw away half your money because... Yeah, it's for the good of the club, buddy. You've got plenty of money. Just throw it away. I mean... Why? So someone who has no money could buy us and then not put any money into it? Exactly. Well, no. I mean... God, it was just... It was a stupid, dunderheaded idea from Gollymore that, you know, showed that he's playing with someone else's money, very obviously. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I think, I think realistically, if someone's going to buy, they'd buy it maybe April or something so they could get all their... get all their what ships in line for the summer, and then get get your new manager, and then buy some new players because that's what you're going to need to do. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, shall we, shall we move on to Bournemouth? Yeah, might as well. I think um, the dreaded match in which a championship side is going to thrash Aston Villa. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think any Villa fans are expecting to win this. Which is so strange. Um, I, I, and also, I'm, it's not strange. No, it isn't, because I'm in that group. <laughs> I uh, I don't expect anything from Villa in this match, and I think that's so weird to me. We're playing no, a championship side. We should win. Weird, but We're playing yeah. a championship side at Villa Park. I think that, Yeah, I think that's the problem. Maybe if we were traveling oh, right. to Bournemouth, then I mean, we, we just can't win at Villa Park. Could you, I, this might actually have replay written all over it. It might, and that honestly, I don't know if that's the worst thing for the club because it it gives more people a chance to play. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you know, Lambert in the past has talked about the distractions of the cup run, but I don't know. I th I think you want more squad players to get it, get a ninety minutes here and there. Yeah, Bournemouth. I mean, 
it, God, it would be so heartbreaking because if it's a replay, we all know it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, you zero. Oh yeah, if it, if it's a replay, the first leg will be nil nil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah. so what you're going to see is a valiant effort by the Villa defense against one of the most prolific scoring offenses in English football right now. And it's yeah, going to be wasted. Give us the stats on that, Robert. Uh, currently, Bournemouth in 27 matches have 57 goals for a uh, rate of 2.11 goals per match, uh, which compares very favorably to Aston Villa and their .5 goals a match. Uh, I figured it out. In other words, on a per-match basis, Bournemouth are scoring 4.22 times more goals than Villa. So, you know, if we hold them to zero, it will be a job very well done by the defense. But, on the Heck, other hand, they probably won't one, have too tough of a task to hold us to zero. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my favorite stat from this whole FA Cup match is the fact that in their one trip to Birmingham this year, to play Birmingham, Burnmouth have scored more goals in the city of Birmingham than Villa have scored in Birmingham all year. Yeah, to be fair, they had a, a quite a good match against the Blues. <laughs> That's true. Um, they ended up with, I want to say it was 8-1 or 7-1. Yeah, I, th I think it was 8, because I think... what? How many goals do we have at home? 5? Something like that. Yeah, Burnmouth 8, Birmingham 0. Yep. So, yeah, if we can hold them to zero or one goal, that's a good effort by the defense. Um, the question is, can the offense show up? Uh, if you're Paul Lambert, do you pick essentially a first 11? I think you do. I think you have to. I mean, mostly because we don't have another game until next week. And, I mean, midweek fixture. If it was a midweek fixture, like, say, like the what the Capital One Cup was yesterday, uh, Liverpool-Chelsea, but... And then you have another game at the weekend, maybe not. But with a week off, there's no reason not to. Maybe yeah. maybe you get a couple players in there that you you're trying to work. If you if you're trying to work Loton, maybe at right back or Bakuna, you know. Shea Given gets the start. I think yeah, I think Shea Given gets the start. And outside of that, I mean yeah, you you don't want to risk Guzan for an injury either. But mm -mm. Uh, do you give Carlos Hill the entire ninety? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, I think you give him at least the second 45. Yeah, I would give I'm him not the sure. start. I'm not sure if he could do a full 90 in the Premier League, but... In the Except this isn't really the Premier League. It's well, yeah, but... FA Cup, and... Yeah, and I don't know if you want him to get kicked by the fat boys from the championship, but... But then again, Burnmouth aren't really in, in that category. They're in first. Yeah, exactly. They, uh... I think this is the match where you start here. Work him, ease him in nicely. Uh, you know, he got 30 great minutes against Liverpool. Now go out there and help us win an FA Cup match, become the local hero. God knows he's not going to score, but, you know, create a chance for Benteke to score. If, if or, anyone's going to score, it's going to be him. Yeah, or Gabby to score, because Gabby, for some reason, shows up in the FA Cup. Gabby's going to score six. <laughs> and we end up losing 6-7? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. At least it would be entertaining. Gabby's, it, well, it would be entertaining except for the fact that no one's going to be able to watch it. Exactly. I was going to say entertaining for all the zero people that see it on TV. Yeah. Jack Woodward would just die, so. Yeah. that I mean, I know that that would uh, that'd be entertaining for some people, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. When when do they start televising them? Semifinals or quarterfinals? There's something like four matches that get televised from this round, but I think it's the quarterfinals that start getting televised. So uh, what? We'd have to win one more. Yeah. Whatever. Lambert doesn't care about the cups, anyways. Yeah, we're not going to see them play in an FA Cup. Um, I don't know. It's. I think you've got to start pretty much your first eleven. Uh, I think you play Vyman instead of Gabby. I think you start. I, you could play Vyman centrally. Maybe you give. Maybe you give Benteke the rest, and you bring him off the bench if we need a goal. That could be. Uh, I I really do think you give Hill the start. Maybe that's just new toy syndrome, though, because I really just want to see what he can do. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you got to try to try to get him work worked into the side and win really a garbage match that means nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no one that thinks we're actually going to make a legitimate cup run, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Unless we, what we can't get Blight Spartans in the next round, unfortunately. <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> um, and even I yeah. So this is a match where you go out and you try some things. If you lose it. Eh. If you win it, great. Um, yeah, I just don't think this is a team that has a cup run in them, so I don't think it's really worth worrying about too much. Uh, no, do you but see Villa I mean, actually winning this by any chance? No, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a replay. 0-0 zero, zero or 1-1? One, one? I don't know. It, I refuse to accept the possibility that we could have a 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to go 2-2 two, two, then. <laughs> <laughs> just to spite me. And watch you be right. Or, or better yet, it'll be a 3-3 replay, and we'll just hate everything. That would suck, because I'd just love to watch a 3-3. That would just be, I mean, it'd I just be too unbelievable. That That's why they didn't show it, you know, but... <laughs> um, it didn't actually happen that way. People at the game were, were paid off to tell us that it was 3-3. Yeah, it was just an inside joke. It, they really, we really lost 6-0, or, or just 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say zero zero with the replay at Burnmouth, and we end up losing that probably. Yeah, two one or to lose the replay two one probably, but. Yeah, I uh I have no confidence in this match, and then after that we've got another tough Premier League match. Well, we need a little miracle here. We need to pull out a couple of wins that we were not expecting. I think so. So I mean. Arsenal, Arsenal, and then Chelsea, but then then we have an easier stretch. It's going to be Hull, Stoke, and Newcastle, West Brom, Sunderland, and Swansea before we play Manchester United. So if Villa can find some form before that stretch, it's that could be the stretch that saves the season, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we just said that about the three-match stretch after Christmas there, but... You know, they need to do something here. Pull out a win against Arsenal or Chelsea. Sh- shock the crap out of us. Uh, get three points from those two games, I I think that's incredible. I think one would be good, though. Yeah, absolutely. Get three people red-carded for Chelsea again. Uh, yeah. You know, just... So Chelsea, Chelsea plays City the match before, so... Maybe they'll be really tired. Yeah, or just... Yeah, you know. Maybe, maybe Jose will... You get up earlier this time and just leave after the fifth minute, and then his team will have no idea what to do. Maybe. God, Very I much just, thinking, but... I, but th- that's the thing. Adam and I talked about this last week. Villa usually have one or two shockers in them. And yeah, they, they do, and they come at the most random of times, but... You know, when we don't expect them, and they always save Paul Lambert. Um, 
so, God, maybe we can expect something, but for this weekend against Burnmouth, I I think we're all going to be glad that we couldn't watch it. Yeah, don't don't keep your fingers crossed for anything, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's, all, that's all we have this week, so remember we're still on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube as well, so um, be, sh- be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next week on the Holtcast. For Robert Lintot, I've been Jack Grimsey. Keep checking 7500 to Holt for all your villain needs.